I can just imagine him in a meeting. You know, yes, this is the contract I've been waiting for. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you very much, Jerry. And he signs his name, and then he stands up and he says, I'm going to go ahead and have the surgery now. You can't turn the football over 17 times and think you're going to win a game. Can't do it. Won't do it. When it came to the big payday, Dak, you got your money. I mess up his name. I can't even get this. That's a kitty. That's a kitty? That's a kitty. But at the same time, oh, we're going to shackle them in? We're going to take over? <laughs> you are not Diana Prince. This is not the mascara. I saw it coming. That's why I went solo. You'll never see me coming. The word idiot in the urban dictionary is defined as acting a fool or being an idiot. Really, Jerry? Welcome to every living and breathing intelligent biped on the planet Earth to this sick show. It's your boy, the man, the myth, the hashtag legend in my own mind. Big day, talking not only sports, but news of all kinds. Also, welcome to those checking us out on this sick podcast. On Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Overcast, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. And I also want to give a shout out to all my sick listeners over in the land of the lucky charms, Ireland, the birthplace of Godzilla, Hong Kong. The land of the rolling R's, Morocco, speeding with your Swedish meatballs, swimming in a big bowl of marinara, Portugal, home of the ports, Canada, home of that delicious maple syrup, Mexico, the home of avocado from Mexico. Pakistan. Thank you. Come again. Thailand. Home of the ties. Germany. Donka. Peru. Home of the Limas. India. Shine bright like a diamond. The Netherlands. Home of the Pinocchio Shoes. Brazil, home of the greatest soccer player ever in the history of soccer, Pele. And yes, these, sometimes not together, United States of America. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. I'm not even going to call you Mr. Jones. We're just going to say Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. You should know better. You should know better. 
You've been on this planet Earth for 79 years. You should know better. You've seen changes more than I've seen changes in this world that we live in, especially right here in the United States of America. And things are not the way that they were back in the day. And you're going to holler somebody out and call them out. Some of you are probably like, what the heck is he talking about? What is Big Day talking about? The other day, the Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones, you, you know him, you know, well, you should know him because he's always on TV. He upset the balance of political correctness here in the United States by talking about a former friend, former director of college and pro scouting for the Dallas Cowboys who passed away at the age of 85 at the Dallas Cowboy training camp. Larry Lacewell. Larry Lacewell wasn't the biggest guy. He wasn't the tallest guy. He was a short guy. But Jerry Jones used the term I'll just say Idget with an M referring to Lacewell Cowboys executive said that Jerry wanted to get somebody to dress up like a Idget with the letter M in it and the LPA took a fist to this. The LPA is the Little People of America. They told TMZ in statement, TMZ Sports, they said that the injured term, starting with an M, is a term that has widely been known to be derogatory for years and should be common knowledge to anyone in the public arena such as Jerry Jones. Ignorance at this point is simply not an excuse and any use of this disparaging slur along with suggestions or insinuations that our stature exists for amusement is deplorable and inexcusable. Those who use the term idiot with the name starting starting it out any terminology that further stigmatizes people born with dwarfism are asked to educate themselves to eradicate this word and the organization said that's the little people of America LPA they were asking Jerry Jones to issue an apology and vow to use appropriate terminology rooted in respect and dignity going forward and Jerry Jones had no choice but to oblige. He understood, he said he understands that this was offensive and he apologized. Um, here we go again, y'all. This is 2022, getting ready to be 2023 very soon and we're still doing dumb stuff. We're still saying ignorant stuff. And the thing about it is, and, and, and here's what bothers me the most. 
I grew up around these derogatory statements. And so it's just like you listening to music from back in the day when you were young. It was ingrained in you. Rock and roll is ingrained in my DNA. Just like soul music, just like dance music, just like EDM, just like uh, disco, just just like light rock, whatever you want to call it, it's in my system. Because it went through my ear holes and my eyes. They say your eyes is the windows to your soul. So whatever you have let in over the years, it's in you now. Have you worked towards getting it out of you? Some people just can't. Some people just can't get over themselves. Some people can't just get past the fact that you can't say words that you said back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. You can't call people out of their names now you 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 can't drop the m-bomb this is what we're gonna call it for the rest of the show on the little people of america they rather be referred to as dwarfs because scientists has scientists you know have proven that they suffer from dwarfism like they said Really, they'd rather not be called anything. They'd be rather called by their name and not referred to as a little person. So it's just indicative of how can I say this? And and I'm, I'm trying to say this with the most respect that I can, but it's hard to defend something like this. And I'm not necessarily defending it, but I'm just saying it's it's hard to, because I don't want to say it on this show and then I get in trouble because I'm repeating something that somebody else said. No, I'm not trying to do that. What I am trying to do is bring to light that these derogatory statements have to stop. This is a PC culture we live in right now. This is a cancel culture. This culture is looking for you to slip up and say the wrong thing so they can take you down. It's sickening that we live in a culture where, you know, you you hurt you hurt my feelings that I'm just going to just ruin your life. That's just not right. Because your feelings going to get hurt whether somebody calls you a name or not. Life is going to hurt you. And it has nothing to do with nobody. But to make that statement, and you're someone like JJ Jones, Jerry Jones, you know better. You know better. Should have known better. You know, everybody's gunning for the Cowboys anyway, and they're gunning for you. Why would you even put yourself in that situation? Please let Stephen start talking for you. Please go on somewhere and sit down. Sat down somewhere. Stop 
talking because those old schisms and isms are going to come up. Jerry's like, I think I said 79, 80. You can't expect an 81-year-old man to change his colors. He's not a chameleon. He was back in the time when all this stuff, it, it was a derogatory climate back in that time. And you can't expect an 82-year-old man to change his spots. What you can expect is for an 83-year-old man to continue doing what he's always done and feel like he shouldn't be held responsible for it because he's 84 years old. You, <laughs> I hate the fact that it was said and, and, and I understand what the LPA is talking about. And I understand they said, you know, by now you should know better, Mr. Jones. You're 85 years old. You should know better. And his, I mean, I believe that his apology was sincere. I really don't think he was thinking. But when you're 86 years old, you don't think. You just do. You know you're almost up out of here at 87 years old you know that at any moment you could not be here because the age of 87 years old is catching up with you and don't get me wrong Jerry looks good for 88 years old I mean he looks really good for 89 years old so <laughs> I don't know what people expect a 90-year-old man to do or say, but when you get to a certain age, like 91, like Jerry is, then you're, you're liable to say anything. And because you may have flashbacks of when you were a kid or a teenager and it was okay to say the N-word and, and, and uh, uh, drop the M-bomb on people. But, you know, that's when you were a kid. That's when you were in your early ages you know and you should have known better back then but if you didn't know better back then ain't no way in the world at 93 years old you're gonna know better jerry if i was steven i would protect my 94 year old dad because it ain't that much time left and when you get to 95 years old it's pretty much katie bar the door Life is, you know, it is what it is And you don't give a flip because you're 96 years old about to be out of here Just like I'm about to get out of here and go to this commercial break When we come back Gonna talk potluck I got something on my mind I want to talk about So we'll see But make sure you come back That's the whole point Right here to this of Jerry talking on the microphone at 97 years old. So stay tuned for more This Sick Show with Big Day along the BGC Sports Network. She sure looks happy. I sure am blue. Welcome back to part two of this sick 
Show. Ten years of the hottest sports talk in the known universe. Join us all year long as we celebrate our 10th anniversary and relive some of the most classic and memorable moments here on the BGC Sports Network. And make sure to check us out at BGCSports.net. That's 10 years of debates, 10 years of opinions, and 10 years of sports talk that's lit. Celebrating it and getting it done. We are the BGC Sports Network, a.k.a. the Big Game Christian Sports Network. Something Willie Epping Jr. said uh, last week, and I love what he said. Um, he said, and, and Willie Epting Jr. is the host of the Hashtag Brothers Baseball. It's coming up next, right after this sixth show. But he said, 10 years ago, people said that we wouldn't make it. 10 years later, we can't even find them. So what's the point? <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> He's right. There was a lot of folks talking about, yeah, y'all trying to do this. You trying to go up against 105.3 The Fan and you trying to go up against ESPN and we'll see how long it lasts and we're still here. We started out as the little station that could <laughs> and became the one that do and then went from there to sports talk that's lit. Who knows what we might be this time next year. Whatever it is, though, I know it's going to be successful. We've got a great crew here at the BGC Sports Network. On-air crew, behind-the-scenes crew. we got a great crew. And I love my crew. <laughs> That's my crew. That's my team. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm feeling it today. I'm, I'm, I'm having a little fun today, so let me have my fun while it lasts. Alright, I want to talk about and we can't seem to stop talking about this Brittany Griner tragic incident. And I'm saying tragic because she shouldn't even be in this position, honestly. But she is. If you haven't heard what's going on with the WNBA star Brittany Griner, if you've been living in a cave under a rock, you've been off the grid, you just got back on the grid. Brittany Griner was detained in Russia. They said she had some hash oil, some other contraband. And in Russia, it is illegal to have any kind of contraband whatsoever, especially when you're trying to go through customs, airport, whatever. And they want to lock you up for five years automatically. The United States has been negotiating and fighting real hard to try to get a deal with Russia concerning Brittany Griner and the other gentleman that's over there. I don't have his name in front of me. I can't think of his name. Willen? Is it Willen? I think it's Willen. Paul Willen or something like that. And so now, supposedly, they'd offer something. They offered something to Russia to get. Brittany back here in the United States 
You know how that is, a hostage exchange negotiation. Let me tell you what's going on. Uh, the State Department determined that Britney was wrongfully detained by Moscow. And they're doing what they can to get Britney back, but it's gonna end up I don't I don't want to say costing us, but we, we gotta give somebody to Russia, and Russia wants a certain person. Russia wants their arms dealer, the notorious, notorious Victor Bout. It's funny that his name wouldn't be Victor Van Bout. That that that, sound, that would sound. But they want Vic for Britney. We haven't reached an agree- agreement yet, but U.S. is trying to make it happen. Um, this is a substantial offer made for Britney Griner. Um, CNN reported that Secretary of State Antony Blinken said he plans to meet with the Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. I don't like Russian names, but I like that name. Sergei. Sergei Lavrov. Love it. Just rolls off your tongue. Sergei Lavrov. But Secretary Blinken is looking to meet with Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov in the coming weeks about the cases of Brittany Griner, who's facing 10 years on their drug charges and Paul Whelan who is considered wrongfully detained in Russia as well the government taken to the public behind the curtains was somewhat surprising said Danny Gilbert a Rosenwald fellow in U.S. foreign policy and international security at the John Sloan Dickey Center for International Understanding at Dartmouth College. I didn't even know we had anything called international understanding. It's the Center for International Understanding in Dartmouth College. What? Um, Danny Gilbert said, it doesn't necessarily pretend good news in the negotiation to make that kind of announcement. Russia did not want the same openness on the negotiations compared to, uh, compared to the United States. We know that such issues are discussed without any such release of information. Uh, Kremlin spokesman uh, Dmitry Peskov told reporters during a conference call. Normally, the public learns about it when the agreements are already implemented. The deal that's on the table... The Russians refused to give a yes for an answer 
Russia is unlikely to accept any deal before Griner's trial ends, which her lawyers predict will occur sometime in August. Griner pleaded guilty without intent earlier this month. The two-time Olympic gold medalist testified Wednesday she accidentally packed vape cartridges filled with the devil's oil. I told you. I told you. I told you. I told you. This was going to happen. I said. Russia detained her because there was someone they wanted that we have over here. And Russia is very good at playing chess with the United States of America. And for some reason, we haven't learned to checkmate them. But we end up folding like a house of cards and giving them what they want. My thing is this. Can we just keep our people out of Russia? Do we have to do business with them? Is it a must that we had to go over there to try to make some money? When we should be making money over him? The thing about it is, no, you're not making millions, but you're making hundreds of thousands. There ain't no way in the world I'm going to put my life on the line going over to a country first of all has no blacks I'm just going to be I'm just being real that I know of I've never seen a black Russian never never ever 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 whether they were standing in the background, whether they was working somewhere in the Russian field, whether they was uh, uh, out in the Siberian desert with the husky or, or the Siberian, what you call it, with the husky. I ain't seen nobody my color over there. So my thing is, I wouldn't be going over there. There ain't nobody black in Russia. Hold on, I, I gotta Google that. I have to Google because I, I'm, I'm sitting here and, and I'm making remarks and I, I don't want to make a remark that's gonna come back to bite me in the butt, but I am pretty sure there are no black people in Russia. I'm typing in black people in Russia and I should, <laughs> I should put a question mark on it. Black people in Russia? Um, <clears throat> well, Google says that Russia has a population of 144 million people and about only 70,000 of them are black. What? No. No. No way. I, I, I refuse to believe that. Okay. All right. Let me go a little further. When did Africans migrate to Russia? Okay. 
About 400,000 Africans studied in the former Soviet Union between the late 1950s and 1990s. The first significant arrival of Africans was for the Sixth World Festival of Youth and Students held in Moscow in 1957. What? I ain't never read that in my history book. Oh my gosh. There are black people in Russia. There really is such a thing as a black Russian. Oh, that just threw me. That just threw me for a loop. I could have sworn. Okay, then why don't we see them on TV? Are they not allowed to get on TV? Are they not allowed to compete in the Olympics? 70,000 black people and you ain't got nobody in the Olympics that's black from Russia? I, I don't believe that. Okay, here's something that says uh, the alienation of black people in Russia. Okay. Uh, let's see. When thinking of populations of African origin, Russia is perhaps one of the last places on earth to come to the home population of over 70,000 black people. Like in many other countries, black people in Russia face discrimination, of course. Black people are always facing discrimination wherever we go. For example, in the United States, as a part of Black History Month, we took a long, 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 long easy lives of the Russians' black population. Unlike most Western countries, Russia never boasted people. Single out group, rather oppression as universal. But until the mid-19th century, most of the Russian population were de facto slaves. With no, oh, oh, okay, they were slaves, okay. Uh, let's see a lot about uh, Africans that we know a lot about was free man Abraham Hannibal, the great grandfather of Russia's most famous poet Alexander Pushkin, ended up in the snowy land by a bizarre chain of events and became the godson and lifelong friend of Peter the Great. So a black man named Abraham Hannibal. The grandfather of Russia's most famous poet, Alexander Pushkin, ended up in the snowy land by a bizarre chain of events and became the godson and lifelong friend of Peter the Great. Huh. Of course, if Russia had participated in the African slave trade, it is not uh, hard to imagine their treatment of black people would be very different like fellow... Powerful European nations, Russia had a typical white supremacist attitude, putting white Christian noblemen at the top of the social hierarchy in the early 20th century. And uh, there was a Somali village in St. Petersburg where Africans were wearing hay skirts, stage performances next to roller coasters, a spectacle that was almost equivalent to a human zoo. This attended. Uh, this attitude changed after the 1917 revolution of the proclaimed propaganda Trump cases. One black engineer, Robert Robinson, who faced discrimination unlike the U.S. way from Constitution of the Constitution, the American the Soviet Union toward the illusion of international utopia, and the 1990s and 2000s were a rampant age for racists and who targeted everyone in different countries, and black and in particular, nevertheless, free to see Finally, visibility was a thousand of people parked in Nigeria, Cameroon, and Central Africa, undeservedly lured into Russia for false jobs they promised by and they worked the streets for two dollars per hour it is not uncommon for an African woman in Russia to be used as a prostitute wow I just I'm blown away okay 
So this brings me back to my point. We don't need to be over there. If you are an African-American, black, whatever you want to call yourself, we don't need to be over there. We ain't got no business in Russia. That's number one. Number two, why are we taking contraband from one country to the next? I don't care if it was Italy. They had it found it in your bag in Italy, you would have been in trouble. That's a no-no. Number two. Number three, they know that she's married to a woman. And that is a no-no. And the sad thing about it is, all these factors contributed to where we're at now. And I know it wasn't done. It wasn't intentional on her part. But it was absolutely intentional on Russia's part. Because if this deal goes through, they get who they want. And we, of course, get who we want. But more significantly, the person they want, he's just going to be, a party's going to be thrown for him. He's going to be thrown back into the mix. And he's going to be out there and selling arms to different nations and doing the stuff that he was doing prior to getting arrested. This is a slippery slope. We need to make sure the United States ain't too greased up. All right. Let's get to this next one. Let's go to this commercial. Come back. Let's talk a little bit more about what's going on uh, around the world. Uh, I think we're going to... Oh, we got to talk about Vince McMahon and WWE. Don't miss it. Make sure you come back right here on this. Sick. Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more This Sick Show with Big Day along the BGC Sports Network. Welcome back to part three of This Sick Show. Are you needing a quick, fast, safe, and reliable moving company? Well, search no more because Midnight Hour Moving has you covered. At Midnight Hour Moving, their goal is to provide hassle-free moves from start to finish. Midnight Hour Moving can also provide packing supplies safe with secure warehouse stores. Plus, they can move you anywhere in the great state of Texas, both to and from the DF Dub. So call Midnight Hour Moving today at 817-399-1300. That's 817 399 That's 817-399-1300. 817-399-1300. 817-399-1300. Or go to midnight Tell them Big Day sent you and get moving. All right. It is the end of the line. Probably one of the biggest endings for anybody in the sports world. For one, Benson McMahon. That he was stepping down. He announced that he was retiring, whatever you want to call it, from the WWE. And he named Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan as 
co-CEOs of WE the WE uh, WWE and its board of directors also announced that Stephanie McMahon was appointed chairwoman of the board while Khan will continue to be a board member we are grateful for the opportunity to lead WWE together with our unmatched team McMahon and Khan said in a joint statement we recognize this is a tremendous opportunity and responsibility and we look forward to serving the WWE universe Paula Vesk better known as Triple H will assume the responsibilities related to WWE's creative department in addition to his regular duties Stephanie McMahon is the daughter of Vince McMahon and has been with WWE since 1999 appearing both as an on-screen performer and as a high-ranking executive Khan came into the WWE in 2020 after spending years as the head of the television department at CAA the reason Vince McMahon stepped down as CEO of WWE because there was a lot of allegations that came out about misconduct from Vince McMahon allegedly there was some stuff going on I'm going to say that I have to be careful what I say because we are on a Christian network. But there was a little behind the scenes, dumb, you know, some 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 tipping and tapping going on, loving, loving lip and lapping. We'll say loving, lip and lapping going on. And it been going on for a while and there was some people that were paid off to shut it up. And now there's some stuff coming to the light. Vince McMahon said in his statement as I approach 77 years old I feel it's time for me to retire as chairman and CEO of WWE throughout the years it's been a privilege to help the WWE bring you joy, inspire you thrill you, surprise you and always entertain you. I would like to thank my family for mightily contributing to our success and I would also like to thank all of our past and present superstars and employees for their dedication and passion for our brand and most importantly I would like to thank our fans for allowing us into your homes every week and being your choice of entertainment his retirement comes following a Wall Street Journal report back in July that said that Vince paid over 12 million in the past 16 years to suppress allegations of relational misconduct and infidelity the Wall Street Journal reported last week WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon paid 12 million dollars in hush money to four women over the past 16 years because of those reports Netflix has reportedly pulled out of a documentary that was in development according to Denise Salcedo the documentary was in post-production which means they were getting ready to air it 
She also reported that millions had already been spent on the project. Stephanie McMahon is currently serving as the interim CEO. She was appointed to that position in June after Vince stepped down. There is an internal investigation going on. Also, there is an alleged payment of $3 billion to an ex-employee. Also, the WWE board is investigating John Laurinaitis, head of talent relations, for similar inappropriate relationships with the same staffers of Vince McMahon. Wow. Like I always say when certain things come out certain allegations come out and certain people you know are are not telling the full truth and you're not getting the full picture of it let's just see how deep the rabbit hole goes let's see what else has been going on behind the scenes because it's going to come out Now that this has happened You can best believe It's going to come out And once it comes out It's going to be ugly It's going to be real ugly It's going to be real ugly Because the truth is truth And the truth hurts It's not good It's not good for The WWE It's not good for Stephanie McMahon It's not good for The McMahon family It's not good for Vince I hope and pray That things can get worked out For Vince I'm a fan of the WWE I should say that I'm lesser of a fan Than I was 10 years ago But over these last 10 years Things have changed With the WWE It is not the same as during the Attitude Era when I used to watch it. When Stone Cold was at the top, when The Rock was at the top, when The Undertaker was at at the top, and uh, a lot of different wrestlers were on top. The Attitude Era was the golden age of wrestling with the WWE. Hulk Hogan, you know, so many different people. Bret Hart. I mean, it was a, it was a lot of people that came out of that Attitude Era. Umaga, which I just found out, Umaga's not alive anymore. I was like, what? Something happened with his heart. You know, Umaga was a big dude. I used to love Umaga. He was supposed to be like, you know, the bad guy. And he, he was, he, he was just, he just had this thing about him. And he'd come out, sticking his tongue out and everything. And then he'd headbutt you. And then he had the, the thumb, like the iron spike, like the iron sheet used to have. And he would thumb you in your throat. Or he would run across the ring and throw that big body into you. 
and, and you know the thing about it is it's we we know what the deal is with the it's entertainment at its highest level and these are these are um I don't want to say wrestling per se but, but these are wrestlers and stuntmen all rolled into one and and they do it for our entertainment and we pay for it and some people pay millions of dollars a year for it but I do appreciate it I appreciate the entertainment over the years I appreciate growing up on it I grew up uh, you know when the uh, Von Erichs was in it Tony Atlas you know he doesn't get mentioned a lot Dusty Rhodes of course Ric Flair probably the GOAT Ric Flair is the GOAT I'm not going to say probably he is the GOAT of wrestling which I see where Ric Flair is getting ready to wrestle again in a few days Ric Flair's like 80 years old he's like 77 but he's still looking good and everybody is waiting for Ric Flair to come in that ring wear one of his beautiful roles they want him to get that mic and say whoa in order to beat a man you've got to beat the man that's vintage Ric Flair I appreciate Vince I appreciate him getting in there and letting himself get rock bottom. I appreciate him letting his family in, involved and his son and his daughter and Shane McMahon. You know, Shane wasn't a bad wrestler himself. Shane is still doing some stuff. Stephanie, not so much. But Stephanie McMahon was always the butt. I'm, I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry you're wrong you shouldn't have said you were so wrong of everybody's jokes so to speak <laughs> I appreciate everything the McMahon family has done even Linda McMahon their mom his wife she once got in the ring I think she once got um, a stone cold stunner I don't remember her ever being rock bottom I don't ever remember the undertaker doing a tombstone on her She, she she was you know part of the entertainment too Triple H from what I understand is great when it comes to talent he's a great creator when it comes to that I, from what I understand Stephanie McMahon and uh, Nick Khan are very good executives and if they can turn the tide of the WWE because there was a lot of wrestlers that left the WWE because Vince was stuck in his ways just like we was talking about in the first segment 98 year old Jerry Jones 
when you turn 99 years old, you get stuck in your ways. And Vince is 77. He didn't want to change and he wanted to be, you know, uh, give people their names and their persona, their character and all of that. And a lot of times it didn't vibe. And a lot of times wrestlers didn't want to, to do what he said. And they would be on the bad side. They would be on Vince's bad side. And so so now, now here we are. Vince McMahon is gone. His daughter running the company, son-in-law running the company. But he's got some allegations. He's got some stuff that he's got to go through. Look, I don't pull for anybody to fall. But Vince has fallen. We can pray that he gets back up and that he finds what he needs to find and and, and the help that he needs gets that help. Maybe he'll find the Lord in this. So, thank you, Vic McMahon, from my heart. I'm done. Hashtag Brother Baseball is coming up next. Willie Epting Jr. You do not want to miss it. And make sure you stay tuned right here to the BGC Sports Network. And thank you for tuning in to this sick show. Seven.